11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I'm going to read it out of a few translations. Berkeley translation says, But faith forms a solid ground for what is hoped for, a conviction of unseen realities. A conviction of unseen realities. Moffat's uh, translation says, Now faith means that we are confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. Convinced of what we do not see. Another translation, Jordan says, Now faith is is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on the unseen realities. Betting your life on the unseen realities. Now again, Berkeley says, Conviction of unseen realities. Then uh, Amplified Bible says, Now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed, of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. The conviction of their reality. That things in the spirit are real. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Hebrews 11 and verse 6 says, He that comes to God must believe that he is. Now, you cannot see God. You don't see him with your natural eye. He's unseen to your natural eye, but he's not unseen to your spiritual eye. He's not unseen to uh, your heart in the sense of you walk by faith and not by sight. You do not walk by your natural sight, but you do walk by an inward sight. In other words, you can have an inward vision of God, an inward knowing that God is real. Praise God. That eternal things are real, that God himself is real, that heaven is real. Every spiritual thing that God has promised to you is a spiritual commodity. It's a real thing in the realm of the spirit. It belongs to you in Christ. The Bible says in Uh, the book of Romans, that we are an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. God is real, heaven is real, spiritual things are real. But to transfer from the eternal realm into this natural realm, you must exercise faith. Now, faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. These unseen realities, these unseen things to your natural eye, you can have a vision of with your spiritual eye. Now, I'll give you a, a scripture to, to reference there. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul prayed for the church. He said that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. The eyes of your inner man would be enlightened. Now, how is it that your spiritual eyes are enlightened? The primary way is through the Word of God because uh, the psalmist says the entrance of His Word gives light and it gives understanding unto the simple. So when you hear the Word or you view the Word, you look at the Word uh, by reading the Bible or meditating on the Word of God, then the Holy Spirit gives light to your spirit, enlightens your inner man. 
causes you to be able to see. And when you see the revelation of God's Word, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When you see the Scripture by revelation, then it opens the eyes of your heart and you know what belongs to you in Christ, what belongs to you as a child of God. So it's important to hear the Word, to read the Word, to meditate on the Word so that the light comes on in your inner man. And when your inner uh, eyes are enlightened, faith has arisen. Praise God. Now, you can see by faith. You're able to walk by faith. So really, faith is an enlightened step. It's not just uh, walking off into, uh, into darkness. It's walking in the light. Praise God. It's walking by a vision of something that you cannot see with your natural eye. Now, let's go to verse 2. For by it, or by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The things that are seen were not made of things that do appear. Now, in the latter part of that, I'll read it out of a few translations as well. Weymouth says, so that what is seen does not owe its existence to what is visible. Moffat says, and thus the visible was made out of the invisible. Berkeley says, now we see that, now, now see what was made out of things that cannot be seen. So God has created the things that you see by his word. He has created the things that you see from things that you don't see. So God gives us the material, so to speak, to work with. Faith gives you the material. Faith is the what? Substance of things hoped for. So when you see the Word and it brings light to your spirit, what happens is now you've got some substance to work with. You can build your world now in your life and your surroundings and your environment, your home, Praise God. Everything by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. But you can see something. And faith is a walk that you see something on the inside that you can't see on the outside. You believe that you receive something on the outside that you already believe you have received on the inside. It's yours. It belongs to you. Healing belongs to you. It's not something you have to coerce God into giving you or to twist his arm. Come on, God, please, please. No, God has already provided it for you. It is a promise. It is a provision. So you reach out by faith to transfer what is real in the spirit to the natural. Everything that you get from God really has to come via the spirit. The Holy Spirit Put something in your heart. Faith is of the heart. So something has to happen on the inside of you that sparks faith. The Word has to come to you that sparks faith. And the Holy Spirit causes you to, to be able to release that faith out of the inside. And the primary way that you release the faith is the way that God did. He spoke the worlds into exist, existence, and it occurred. So you have to speak what you believe. Hallelujah. So it begins really with seeing something. 
seeing the unseen. Now let's go over, if you will, please, uh, to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 18. It says, While we look not at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. While we look not at the things that are seen, but we do look at the things that are not seen. Now, most of us have been conditioned from childhood to live our lives by what we see. Everything is about what we see. Now, obviously, you have to use your eyes, you have to use your mind, you have to use uh, uh, your natural reasoning to function in this world, but you also have to learn to live by faith in the unseen. He said, we're not to look at the things that we do see, but we're to look at things that we don't see. Now, how is it that you look at things that you can't see? Then you must have another set of eyes. The eyes of your heart, the eyes of your spirit are being enlightened. Again, the word comes to you, the light comes on, you see things that you couldn't see. And any believer that has been enlightened to the word, they see things that other people don't see. You see God in a way that other people that just live by their natural sight and by their natural reasoning, they don't see God. And so the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and causes you to see. And he says that you don't look at the things that are seen, but you look at things that are not seen. So revelation of God's Word causes you to be able to have vision beyond what you see. Now remember in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, so that we are to walk by faith and not by what? Sight. So you choose not to let your life be dictated by what you see in the natural, what you feel in your body, your present emotional state. You choose to change your emotions. You choose to change your physical health. Praise God. You do something about it. You, make, you, you release your faith and you act on the Word and you see change occur in your life. So in all of life, we have to choose to walk by faith because we're so conditioned to walk by what we see, what we feel, our circumstances, our environment. Our setting, our situation. So we, we allow many times, even people who know something about faith in God, allow our natural life to be ruled by this world, by our environment, by the outside. We're ruled from the outside rather than being ruled from the inside. God created you as a believer. He created you to be ruled from the inside. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. So your spirit man is created to be the dominant force in your life. And that's really what happened in the fall of Adam, is that when he uh, lost the life of God, in other words, he sinned against God, he was cut off from that life, then his spirit started, be do started to be dominated from his soul or his mind or, and from his flesh. So he began to be dominated or controlled from the outside rather than God's original intent to be controlled from the inside. See, God works on the inside. He works in your heart. He works in your spirit. And you are to rule your life from your spirit. And faith, again, is of the heart. We are to believe in our heart, not doubt in our heart. Praise God. So faith comes from your heart, comes out of your inner man. Inner man. Your, your vision 
It comes to your spirit. People need to learn to live from the inside rather than from the outside. Rather than from your flesh, you live from your spirit. Now, he says that uh, we are to not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen, look at your Bibles there, the things that are seen are temporal. They're temporal, they're earthly, or they are temporary. Earthly things are temporary. The scripture says, Jesus said this way, he said that heavens and the earth will what? Pass away. But my word will not pass away. There's one thing in this world that you can totally rely upon, and that is the word of God. Everything else is subject to change. Your life can change. And if we will live our lives by faith in God and by faith in the Word of God, then our lives are changed to be like Him. Rather than us being controlled by this world and letting the flesh control us, we choose to walk by faith and let our spirit be the dominant force of our lives. He said the things that are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are what? Eternal. So God's word is eternal. God himself is eternal. And he said his word would remain. It would not pass away. This earth is going to pass away. He says that God is eternal. And he that comes to God must what? Believe that he is. So if God is eternal and his word is eternal, then you can rely upon that no matter what's going on around you. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter what kind of pressures you're faced with, you can go to the Word and rely upon the Word of God, rely upon God, and you can keep your faith focused on God. We don't look at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen, the things that are not seen are eternal. Now let's go over to Hebrews again. Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But without faith... It is impossible to please Him. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, He didn't say you, it's unlikely that you'll please God. He just said it's totally impossible. So if it's impossible to please God without faith, then we need to develop our faith. We need to grow in faith. And so your faith can grow. God gives you a measure of faith when you're born again. Everybody has faith. Every believer has faith. And so you can develop your faith and grow in faith so that you're able to receive God's best in your life and enjoy the best God, uh, God has for you. He says here that we must believe that God is. That's the first thing. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. But he that comes to God must believe that God is. Well, God is. Do you know he is, whether you believe it or not? He exists. He's unseen to your natural eye, but he is there. And he is God, whether people believe it or not. And the scripture says, shall our unbelief make the faith of God without effect? I mean, listen, God is real, whether people believe it or not. But you have to choose to believe. And when you hear the word, you have a choice. 
When you hear the truth, you have a choice whether or not to believe it. He that comes to God must believe that he is, and then he says, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So not only that God is, but that he is a rewarder. So we need to believe that God is a rewarder. You know, reward does motivate. If, you know, you just, uh, with your children, the only thing that you uh, motivate them with is punishment, then they're going to find a way to get around that. Uh, They'll find a way to do something wrong. If you have, the only thing you say is you're going to get a whipping or you're going to get this or you're you're going to be without this if you do what I'm telling you not to do. If that's that's the only motivation, they're not going to be highly motivated. They need some reward. They need to find out that uh, there's some good things going to happen in my life if if I do what my parents tell me to do. You know, God is smarter than uh, most people. I can assure you. And so God is smart enough to know that people need some reward in order to be motivated. I can, I can tell you this. If people weren't going to get paid this week and they knew it, they, most people wouldn't show up for work. If they weren't getting some reward for their efforts, they wouldn't be at work. And so, if you if you were uh, if your company was going down, I can uh, most people aren't going to say uh, stand up and say, "Well, we're just not going to be able to pay you." They're going to do everything they can to make sure the payroll is met, right? Because they want to keep their employees. Listen, people need some motivation. God is a rewarder. God is a good God. I mean, his his word is full of promises, and every promise of God. The scripture says, in Christ is yes and amen. So when God gives a promise, he also fulfills his promise. How many glad God fulfills his promise? That he's not a man that he should lie. Now, some people may disappoint you. They, they may not fulfill their promise, but God will fulfill his promise. His word is good. So God is a rewarder. To come to God, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So when you seek God, you can believe that God will will reward you for your seeking. When you obey God, God will reward you for your obedience. Now let's go on down to verse 24 in the same chapter. And verse 24 says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So he was choosing something. He was refusing something, but he was choosing something. To be Pharaoh's daughter means that you're an heir, that you get the riches You get to live in the palace. You get to enjoy all of the pleasures. But he chose by faith to refuse. Sometimes you got to refuse some things by faith. You see some offers in this world, and you see some things that people are trying to get you to get into, and really it's not the will of God for your life. So you have to choose to refuse. Now in verse 25 it says, Choosing rather. To suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Don't 
tell your children that people in the world don't have fun. They can see. People are having fun out there. But you have to tell them there is a consequence. There is pleasure in sin for a season. But when the pleasure's over and the season's over. But God's way is all, it's a blessed way. You may have to suffer some affliction or some persecution, but he chose affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. There are tests in your life. There are uh, temptations in this world, and that was a test for him. Same kind of test. Jesus had a test like that when he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness. He was tempted of the devil, and, and Satan said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of this world. And you'd be amazed at how many people have sold out to the world and sold their soul to the devil. But they're really selling out cheap. They've given, uh, given themselves for some promise of possessions. Now, I believe that God will prosper you. But I'm not going to give up my relationship with God for prosperity. Seeking God first. Come to God believing that He is and that He's a rewarder. But make sure it's God's reward. That you're not, you know, sometimes people, they're chasing after stuff and chasing after prosperity. But they, uh, they re release their relationship with God in order to get it. Well, God wants you to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these what? Things shall be added unto you. So God wants you to be blessed. He wants you to enjoy prosperity. He wants you to seek God first. Seek righteousness first. So Moses had to choose. Rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. The reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He said, I'd, be, I'd rather be reproached than have all the riches in Egypt. But listen why he did that. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. In other words, there was a reward for his obedience. It may not look like you got the best choice. Sometimes that you have to refuse. You have to choose. You have to make right choices concerning your integrity. Because sometimes you can do some things that would prosper you, but they're not the right thing. You could do some things that would promote you, but it's not the right way for you to get your promotion. And so if you'll choose righteousness, if, you, if you'll choose the right way of doing things, then you'll always come out on top. It may not look like it initially, but God will always promote those who honor Him. He had respect unto the recompense of the reward. There is a payday. Payday doesn't always come on Friday and doesn't always come on the 1st and the 15th. You may not always receive your payday when people think you should or when even you think you should, but I can assure you if you'll stay on course with God, you'll get your payday. Payday will come. And the blessing will come to your life. And you'll be glad you stayed steady. 
You'll be glad you endured the test. You'll be glad that you stayed faithful to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. He said in verse 27, by faith he forsook Egypt. Sometimes you got to leave some things behind. You got to give up some things. You got to lose your life, Jesus said, in order to find it. You have to lay down some things in order to find the best will of God for your life. In fact, there where it says you must lose your life, he start, the Greek word is suke, which is, has to do with your psyche or your, your mind or your own way or your own will. But that you may find life, and that's zoe life, God's life. So if you'll lay down your will and choose God's will, thank you, Jesus. If you'll lay down your way, you'll find God's way. If you'll let go of your own natural life, God will give you eternal life in every aspect of your life. Spirit, soul, and body, you'll enjoy the best that God has for you. It says that he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He endured as seeing him who is invisible. So he was looking at someone that other people couldn't see. He was looking at God. Now, they saw a demonstration of God. You know, when Moses first came uh, uh, and he wanted uh, to deliver them, they said, who, who are you? But you know, he's, God told him to say to Pharaoh, I am sent me. Because he said, who shall I say sent me? God said, will you just tell Pharaoh, I am sent you. You know what I am means? He always is. He that comes to God must believe that he what is. He always is. There's never going to be a time that God is not. God always is. He always is present right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you can believe in God at any point, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter what the temptation is in your life, no matter what kind of pressure you're facing from the outside, no matter what is going on in your life, you can always put your faith in God. You just tell them, God sent me. Hallelujah. I am sent me. I am is with me. Praise God. When the temptation is there, you got to remember there's always somebody else there with you. God's with you. If there's only two people there and nobody else would know it, God's with you. If there's just one, it's just you alone by yourself and no one else would know what your choice is, just remember God's with you. You're seeing him who is invisible. Your decisions are made based upon the eternal word of God that's unchangeable, and you're willing to give up things in the natural in order to find the supernatural. He forsook as seeing him who was invisible. He was looking unto God. Now I'm going to read that out of, out of a few other translations. In Williams' translation, it says he persevered as, as though he were actually seeing him who is unseen. He persevered as he was actually seeing him who was unseen. 
Then Beck's translation says he persisted as one who was constantly seeing him who can't be seen. Constantly seeing him who can't be seen. My question to you today is who are you conscious of? Whose presence are you aware of? Are you more aware of someone else's presence and their influence on your life than you are of God's presence and his influence on your life? What is your choice? Now, if they, if they are influential in God and they're uh, expressing God to you, then you want to receive their influence. But if they're not expressing God to you and they're contrary to the Word of God, you don't want to be controlled from the outside by people or influenced by people who will influence you to do an unrighteous thing or do something contrary to the Word of God. You've got to persist as seeing the invisible one. Then Way's, Way's translation says, or Weymouth, he says, For he held on his course as seeing the unseen one. He held on his course. So Satan is constantly trying to do things in your life to try to get you off course. Temptations come. Why? To get you off your course. But it says he held on his course as seeing the unseen one. If you're constantly looking to God... Looking unto Jesus, as Hebrews 12 says, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, if you're constantly focused on God and focused on the Lord Jesus Christ, then you can keep yourself on course. But if you get distracted by the flesh, by the world, by temptation, by test, or by a desire for things in this world, praise God. What happens is you get off course. Amen. But if you choose to keep your eyes stayed on him, then you'll maintain your course. 20th century says, For he was strengthened in his endurance by the vision of the invisible God. Strengthened in his endurance by the vision of the invisible God. So who are you seeing? Who are you looking at? Where is your vision? Where is your focus? If you have a focus on God, first of all, you have a focus on His Word, or you, and you have a focus on what God has instructed you to do. In other words, He's given you a personal vision. The Holy Spirit has enabled you to see. For example, we'll use our building as an example. The Holy Spirit, I believe, inspired us to build this Family Life Center. Phase one, we built by the Spirit of God, and then phase two, we begun to build and almost complete. Well, we had a vision. I believe God put it in our hearts. And so we together, collectively, we believed in the vision, began to envision. We're going to build for our children, our teenagers. We're going to build for Christian school. We're going to build to influence the children and the youth of this generation. So the Holy Spirit gave us a vision. Well, then you have a choice. We've had that vision for a number of years. When the, when the pressure's on, are you going to stay with the vision? And then when you finally get started on your vision and you launch, are you going to let the distractions get you off course? No, you have to maintain your vision. You have to keep the vision before you. You have to believe that God will enable you to finish what he started. God put a vision in our heart, and you have to stay with it. You have to focus, and sure, there's going to be tests. There's been plenty of them. 
a lot of pressures, a lot of tests that say, well, you're not going to get it this week. You're not going to get it next week. You're not going to get it this month. You're not going to get it this year. Well, we stayed with it. And you have to learn to endure through the test. Whatever your vision is for your own personal life, whatever you're facing, you have to maintain your focus on God. When you have a vision, believe that God will enable you to fulfill the vision. And keep your focus. First, you got to see the unseen. Believe in your vision. See the unseen. See beyond the present. If you always live by your present, then you never make progress for your future. If you never see beyond today, then all you're going to enjoy in life is basically what you're enjoying today. And most people... If they live in that mode, they make very little progress in life. But if you have a vision to go further, whatever you do in life, if, if you're on your job, you want to excel in that. See yourself doing more than you've ever done before. See yourself beyond your present status. See yourself going up. See yourself being excellent at what you do. Don't ever settle for status quo. If everybody around you would influence you to just kind of settle in, I mean, you're never going anywhere anyhow. Well, while they're sitting there, you just go ahead and go. Just have the attitude, we're going to make progress with our life. See beyond your present. See beyond your present environment, your present circumstance. Let God give you fresh vision. Live with a vision. Live with purpose. Get up every day with divine purpose in your heart. Amen. Glory be to God. So you got to see the unseen. Secondly, you got to know the unknown. You know things that other people don't know. How do you know them? God showed you. God revealed it to you. He opened your understanding, causes you to know. Glory be to God. There are certain things I know. They're established in my heart. I know. I knew them before I did them. But I had to know, for example, before I came to Las Vegas, I knew that God said, go to Las Vegas and start a church. I knew that. How is it that I endured for 24 years so far? Because I knew. I had a word from God. That word from God produced a vision in my heart. It gave me a vision to do what God had called me to do. So you got to know the unknown. Now, someone else, they may know something else because God has put something else in their heart. Then thirdly, you got to believe the unbelievable. See, faith is of the nature that it causes you to believe what other people don't believe. It gives you a, a, an inner confidence, praise God, that you can do something. You can accomplish your dream. You can fulfill your dream. Believe the unbelievable. And when other people don't believe it, remember, for example, Thomas, he didn't believe. The disciples had seen the Lord. I mean, they've literally seen Jesus. And when, when they told Thomas, Thomas said, no, I won't believe unless I can put my hand where the spear went into his side. I won't believe unless I can put my finger into the print of the nails in his hands. 
Now that's a statement, isn't it? He said, I will not believe unless. But Jesus, after that, when he showed up, Thomas looked at him and said, my Lord and my God. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. Thrust it into my side. Put your finger into the nail prints of my hands. But as soon as he saw the Lord, I got it. Jesus said, because you've seen, Thomas, you have believed. But he said, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. In other words, he's talking to you today. Blessed are those who have not seen. You don't see Jesus in his resurrected state with the nail prints in his hands. You didn't see the uh, spear hole in his side, but you believed. You didn't have to see him to believe. He said, blessed are those who did not believe, uh, did not see, and yet they believe. He that comes to God must what? Believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So you've got to see the unseen. You've got to know the unknown. You've got to believe the unbelievable. When we preach the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, sure, there are people who say, no, I don't believe that. But does that make it untrue? Because somebody doesn't believe a fact doesn't make it untrue. Because somebody doesn't believe the Bible doesn't make it untrue. And so you've got to keep preaching the gospel. Keep preaching the word of God. Keep telling people. Tell somebody what Jesus has done for you. And tell somebody what God will do for them. So he endured as seeing him who was invisible. Believe the unbelievable. You know, Pharaoh didn't believe. It took 10 plagues for Pharaoh to finally say, okay. And then after that, he still chased him. Finally let him go and still chased him. And it says Pharaoh was drowned in the Red Sea. Let's just read it there. Verse 28, through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. Everyone that applied the blood to their houses, everyone that killed the lamb and applied the blood, destruction didn't come to their house. Death didn't come to their house. Verse 29, by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, which the Egyptians are saying to do were drowned. You would think after 10 plagues that Pharaoh would get the picture. But obviously, he didn't believe still after all of that. And, he, and they chased after him. When they got to the Red Sea, there's another choice. Are we going to believe? Moses believed. Stretch forth your rod. The waters were parted. And they walked over on dry land. And then it says the Egyptians are saying to do so were drowned. So here comes Pharaoh and the Egyptian army. They're gonna, they think they're going to do the same thing. But when you walk through waters, you've got to walk by faith. When you walk on water, you've got to walk by faith. 
when you go through the test, when you go through the waters and through the fire, you've got to walk by faith. Whether it's Daniel in the lion's den and the mouths of the lions were closed, it was by faith that their mouths were closed. Whether it's the children, uh, the four Hebrew, uh, three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace, what happened was Jesus got in the fire with them. Hallelujah. How many, how many are glad that Jesus gets in the fire with you? Uh, he's not a afraid of a little fire. He's not afraid of a little pressure. He'll get right in there with you. And if, if you're facing a Red Sea or you're facing a lion or you're facing a giant like David, who's defying your life and saying, you're not going to win, you're going to lose, you're going down. He said, oh, no, God's with me. God's in me. Praise God. Maintain a spirit of faith that says, I'm well able. I'm well able. Like the children of Israel. You had ten spies. They said, we're not able to take those giants. We're not able to go in and possess that land. But there was two, Joshua and Caleb, that said, we're well able. How many well able people have we got in this house today? People that will say, I'm well able. You've got to face your giants in life and face your circumstance with faith. You've got to see beyond that giant. You've got to see that that giant is already on the ground. You've got to see that your mountain is already removed. You got to see that the mouth of the line is already closed. You got to see that the fire is already quenched. You got to see that the, the waters have already subsided. Praise God. You've you, you got to see beyond your present in order to walk by faith, in order to realize God's best in your life and, and enjoy the unseen realities. Draw those things that are unseen into the scene. We walk by faith and not by sight. But we do have some inner sight, some inward vision, believing the unbelievable, saying the unspoken. Have you ever believed something, but you weren't ready to say it? You didn't believe it enough to declare it. Something's working in your heart. But then you get to the point. You're ready to say it. Hallelujah. Now, some people, they just speak before they believe. And they're always having to go back and clean up after themselves. But if you'll just meditate on the Word until you know in your heart, you're convinced of unseen realities. And then when you say it, you're not backing up. In other words, when the devil puts the pressure on you, you keep saying what you believe. you gotta be, uh, you got to be bold like that woman with the issue of blood. It says she kept saying, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. She kept saying. She kept saying. See, she could have quit saying on the way to her miracle, but you got to keep saying on the way to your miracle. You can't let discouragement. And the people, uh, you know, because she wasn't even supposed to be out in public. And the people were, you know, saying, oh, you're not important. And everybody wants to touch Jesus. But she kept pressing through that crowd until, until she touched the hem of his garment. When she did, she was made whole. And you have to have a spirit of faith that endures, that st stands in the test 
that won't give up. Praise God. Then fifth, you do the undone. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean you do something you've never done. You do things. Maybe somebody else has done it, but you haven't done it. You do things that you've never done before. You go places you've never been. You accomplish things that you've never accomplished. Dream bigger. Think outside of the box. We all have our boxes, you understand, our seemingly limitations. But dream outside of the box. Dream outside of your natural reasoning. Let God put a vision in your heart that's bigger than you. Bigger than what you think you could do in the natural. The Holy Spirit will give you a vision. And then you believe that vision. You're seeing the unseen. Glory be to God. You're knowing the unknown. You're believing the unbelievable. You're saying the unspoken. You're doing the undone. You're doing what you never thought you could do before. But now revelation has come to you. Understanding has come to you. And you're able to break out of your limited thinking. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. Let your confession be in line with God's Word. Say what God says. See what God says. See what He sees. And do what He wants you to do. For those of you watching this broadcast today, we want you to know that Jesus has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And you can put your faith in the living God and you can receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. And today, if you'll pray a simple prayer, you can receive Jesus into your heart. Would you pray this along with me? Just say, oh God, I come to you today. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He died for my sin, that He shed His blood, that He gave His life so that I could have eternal life. And I acknowledge today that Jesus is Lord of my life, and that I am saved. If you prayed that prayer today, you are saved. You're a child of God. We invite you to call us at the number on the screen. And there are people there waiting for your call. And we want to send you a book free of charge with no obligation on your part. We want to be a blessing to your life. Give us a call today. God bless you. Until next week. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Words have the ability to destroy life or to build and create life. What mountain are you climbing with your words? The wrong words can have a devastating effect, but the right words can create the world you've dreamed of. Pastor David Sharon's creative power of words will help you to overcome the obstacles that keep you from a victorious life. Includes the titles, Believing, Saying, Acting, Heart Faith, Mouth Confession, Creative Power of Words, High Priest of Our Confession, and Seeing the Unseen. Call now, 866-700-WORD, and order the Creative Power of Words, or visit us on the web at thewordforliving.com. This empowering series is available on CD for $30 or DVD for $35. Buy today and begin creating the world you've only dreamed of. Call 866-700-WORD. That's 866-700-WORD. Or visit us online 